This is the Tiger Kickoff Podcast with your hosts, Emily Liker, Callan McAndrew, and Wilson Moore. Welcome to episode seven of the Tiger Kickoff Podcast. We are your Columbia, Missourian, MU football beat writers. Let's go. I'm Emily Liker. I'm Callan McAndrew. I'm Wilson Moore. And we're coming off a of bye week. Uh, I, I rolled in a little late this morning. I'll admit it to the listeners. Uh, I mean, last week was it was good to have a, a bit of a break. I mean, obviously we still did this podcast last week, and we had Luther Bird and stuff last week. But that was all for you. Yeah, I was gonna say. Dear I feel listener. like Callum. Oh, you're saying it's all for the listeners. I was I, all, no, no, it was all. I was gonna all, say. Yeah. I think you got off with doing the least amount of work last week, which is fair because I feel like you've done the most work 2021 in general. Yes. Mr. Like 200 bylines or oh, whatever. Come on now, let's not sell me short. 300 bylines, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was, what else was everyone up to on the bye week besides uh, doing that? Just mm-hmm. picking the pieces out of the wall that I'd run into, <laughs> just putting myself back together like a fallen gingerbread man. Mm. Just. Yeah, that's I what just, I did. I just. Eli Drinkwitz talked about the importance of winning the bye week, and I like to think I won my bye week, too. I didn't do anything, but I think that qualifies. Do we think Missouri won the bye week? I mean, obviously we had Burden at the beginning, but then on Thursday, we come to find out via Twitter, which I'm still kind of a little bugged about because it's like they should have emailed press first and then tweeted it out, I felt like. But Missouri is without three players. I'd say only, like, 1.5 of them is like Come super on, important to the team. At least give them a three quarters. <laughs> One in three quarters. Yeah. So Case Cook, Chris Turner, and Mason Pack are out for the rest of the season. We hadn't really known much about their injuries, but it's my understanding that it was talked about a little bit more yesterday. What did Drinkwitz have to say about that? Well, we learned the most about Case Cook, and we found out that he had a shoulder injury that team doctors told him he should stop playing after the Kentucky game. He said no, he wanted to keep going. And it sounds like, uh, you know, he missed a couple of games, and it sounds like it just got to the point where he just couldn't keep going. He just phys- wasn't physically able, couldn't handle the pain after grinding through it for about four or five weeks. That's really, like, on brand for Case Cook yes, as well. Yes, That's like a, the, I mean, that just hearing that they were like, you should, your body, no, <laughs> don't, what are you doing, Case? And he was like, mm-mm. I like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I don't like that for him. I don't, you know, um, I always enjoy interviewing him. He's well for the most most part. Um, I like when he said "hellfire." <laughs> SEC media days. I enjoy that greatly. It plays in a loop in my brain like four times a week. Um, yeah, it was a not all that surprising. It seems like he's been kind of beat up for a while. Um, you know, coming in and out of matches, um, missed two completely. Mm-hmm. Um, ever present on the injury report. Yeah, I was going to say, as the person who writes up the injury report every week, I can confirm that he has been the constant presence since, like, week three of the season. So, um, I know Drinkwood said that he has, that Cook has another year of eligibility, right? But I don't I don't think he's going to come back. Do you guys? What do you think he'll do, though? Do you think he'll declare for the draft? <sighs> That's tough to say. I, d- I don't know. I just don't see him coming back it d- for another season. It's tough to say right now, I guess. It's, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's hard to speculate just on right. what he's thinking. I mean, for, from everything Drinkwitz said yesterday, it sounds like that's very up in the air. Mm-hmm. And for all intents and purposes, like he's probably not thinking about that right now. I yeah. Mean, yeah. You know, yeah. you're still in the throes of like, yeah, okay, I've just had the news broken that 
my season is over, potentially my college career is over. That's I mean that's got to carry a lot of emotional weight with it. Um, I don't expect to hear a decision on that for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably yeah. not until spring ball. Yeah. I'm guessing like that's. Um, I, I could see him coming back. I mean, nobody wants to go out this way. That's true. Um, yeah, not playing really in your scene like your, I guess what is he a redshirt senior? Um, not playing as much in that period of career. That I mean, that's got to hurt any draft stock that he had. Um, so I, I could see him coming back. No one wants to end on on a torn shoulder. Yeah. I am interested, uh, moving down that list of injuries, in who sees more snaps at defensive line with Chris Turner out. Mm. Drinkwitz mentioned the two walkers the other day, Johnny Walker, Arden Walker. But I think that's just as interesting as who fills in for Cook because with the O-line, it's just the same five are playing basically every yep. snap. I would imagine we see Connor Wood right. against Vandy. Mm-hmm. That's what we saw the two games. Is Cook he, was out. Is he listed as a, an or or was listed on an or on the now yeah, when the... RIP depth chart, by the way? We can more or less confirm that that is never coming back, <laughs> at least in this calendar year. Uh, was he listed as an or with... EJ oh, and Oga. I'm checking it right now. We're yeah. trying to pull it up, but make, I think so. Making me go way back yeah, to a back. time when there was a depth chart. <laughs> that was, was a like, funny joke yesterday. I enjoyed that from Brinkley. Yeah. Yeah. It was like eons ago. I wanted more clarity from Clark Lee on the quarterback situation and then uh, said coming from the man who didn't release a depth chart. That was funny. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Good one, Eli. <laughs> it's loading. It's loading. Um, okay. He is listed, so at left guard. Mm-hmm. I'm on the edge of my seat. There is an or between him and Luke Griffin, who is a redshirt sophomore. Oh, okay. Um, so, like, Xavier Delgado is listed mm-hmm. as starting left guard, and then it's the two of them. Who's listed with Connor Wood, or is it just Case Cook and Connor Wood? Well, Connor Wood isn't listed under right guard on oh, this depth chart, which is the one from Tennessee. He's also listed at right tackle, and in that case, he's at an or with Bobby Lawrence behind Hyron White. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Who's listed by yeah. Case Cook, then? Uh, EJ... Ndoma Ogar. Oh, that's what, yeah, thanks. That, that's right, yeah. that's been part of what Drinkwitz talked about, that he hit that real hard even in fall camp, that the offensive line was going to be the best five guys, mm-hmm. regardless of position. Yeah, oh, good point, yeah. Wow, that feels like so long ago. <laughs> going back so, to what you asked in terms of defense, though, like who's going to replace Chris Turner, who I think has a knee injury? It oh. was definitely leg. I mean, he, he limped off the field yeah, against and he the a I saw, um, I think it was Andrew Kaufman posted video from practice yesterday, and he was wearing a uh, brace on his right leg, like a, a knee-looking brace on his leg. So, I don't know. I feel like we've heard Johnny Walker's name more. Not that he's been, like, super phenomenal, but he's had a couple sacks. He's had a couple bigger plays. Um, in a way that I'm not sure that we've heard from Arden Walker the same. But then again, I really think it's one of those scenarios where it could go. It's whoever's going to be ready on game day. I sound like coach there. But. It depends what Johnny Walker it was this week in practice. Yeah, exactly. Was it Johnny Walker Blue? Johnny Walker Blue. I'm going to say that joke until someone laughs at it. <laughs> I'm gonna... It's a whiskey joke. Mm. You're welcome. Let's go So on. that brings Missouri's injury total to in-season Injuries in season, season ending injuries to four now because we have those three and Ennis Rakestraw. Who oh, we didn't even ACL. mention Mason Pack. Yeah, yeah. Well, do we know what Mason Pack's injury is? And season he wasn't ending. a starter, so yeah, he played special teams, I think. Well, I'm sure they can find someone else to play special teams for him. I'm not sorry, Mason. I'm not overly concerned about who's going to replace you. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. That's feels like a lot of players to be injured. I think in general, just I we're still very much seeing the impact that like a year off had on like athletes, like mm-hmm. not just at the collegiate level, but I feel like in NFL and MLB, like MLB less so, but obviously what's his face broke his leg last night. The uh, Charlie, Charlie Morton. Yeah, Charlie yeah. Morton. Um, so I think that's interesting and it'll be interesting to see like when, when sports finally get over that wave and like how long it'll take to kind of get athletes back to that form they maybe were pre-pandemic in terms of like conditioning and strength and stuff like that. That's my, that's my wisdom. Anyway, Missouri hits the road again this week, which means we hit the road again this week. Already excited. So excited to be going to Nashville. Wilson asked us the other day, Wilson asked Calum and I, he said, should we make a plan for Nashville? And I got yelled at for that. (laughs) And listener, I'm sure you will agree, rightfully so, (laughs) a plan in Nashville. Anyway, Missouri needs to have a plan, though, because they are still not (laughs) doing great, (laughs) folks. Uh, Oh, did they win the bye week? Oh, are we going to do an official ruling on that? I think so. I think we should. I would say, I would say yes. Getting Burden to come to Mizzou yeah. is yeah. outweighs any number of players. They've already lost this season, so <laughs> <laughs> I, that's fair to say. Yeah. They've lost this season. I, even if they win one SEC game down the road, like that does not salvage the absolute train wreck this season has been. Uh, just so that we can, for the record, you are saying that getting Luther Burden is a bigger deal than losing Mason Pack. Is that is that your no, official you're try, position? You're trying to it's, construe my words now. It feels like a safe position. You're, is, you're conflating my position on the issue. I feel bad so. how much this podcast is making fun of Mason Pack. <laughs> We're not making fun of Mason Pack. I We're was just trying to move past A five-star it. wide receiver might be a better scoop. My, my stance is that Missouri's lost the season. Mm-hmm. They won the bye week because of burden. And the fact that they lost three players to season-ending injuries does not impact whether they won the bye week because the season has already been lost. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Someone else go. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Okay. Absolutely. I also think they won the bye week. Yeah, actually, that, yeah, you put that very well. Uh, yes, so Missouri is traveling to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. Um, both Missouri and, and, I was about to say, and Nashville and Vanderbilt are two of, like, I think it's, like, five or six power five schools who have not beaten a power five opponent Whoa. this year so one of them gets out of that group this week oh that's fun who oh. will it be is this game of the century probably it's oh no vandy already had that they played oh yeah the yeah. uconn game yeah. was game of the century yeah i don't know the nine overtime game last weekend <sighs> that might have been game of the century uh, actually that's what i did on my bye week i watched that game yeah. And then by the time that was over, it was done, and I was back to work. Yeah, I did. I did watch that game as well, and it was just. I'm just baffled by college overtime rules. Anyway, anyway, back to back to Vandy and Mizzou. I have wonderful news to share with you guys. Oh, oh, I love that. I think I already told Wilson. Oh, okay. Guess who has made it off the bottom of the rushing defense <gasps> uh, rankings? No. Yes. There's, there is another. There is another. Oh, oh. Worse than Missouri. Do you want to guess who it is? I, I can't. Oh, all right. Um, I'm trying to recall. I want to say 
Is that a Florida school? No. No. Okay. It's actually regionally pretty close to Missouri. Oh. Uh, Miami, Ohio. No. No. Okay. I don't know. It is at number one thirty, Arkansas State. Wow. I'm, I will say the difference between Arkansas State and Missouri is very minuscule, but then. Uh, Massachusetts is right above Missouri, and that gap is a lot wider. Do you want to hear the numbers, some of the numbers? Yes, I would. L- I always want to hear any stat where UMass are above Missouri. Okay, so... All of them. Bottom of the barrel, Arkansas State. Yep. Across seven games played, has given up um, an average of 200... No. Yeah, an average of 284 rushing yards per game to their wow. opponents. A total... Of 2,034 rushing yards, uh, 7.16 yards per rush, and 22 rushing TDs. Then Missouri. Hang in um, there. Okay, I guess I'll zone in on I'll zone in on yards per game that they're giving up. So Arkansas State, I amend my statement. The yards per game tally column That's says 290.6. That's so many. That's Arkansas State. Missouri is giving up 286.6 per game. So wow, that's only four, four, yeah. four yards. Oh, that's up in the air. But then Massachusetts is giving up 246.4. 40 so yards 40 fewer? yards fewer than Missouri is per game. But Missouri is only four yards away from being back at the bottom. Did you say they're giving up 286.6? Was that the number, Missouri? Yeah. Uh, do you want to guess how many... Yards, total yards, Georgia's defense is giving up per game? 152. Oh, okay. You, uh, uh, no, it's, it is a lot less, but it's 208 oh. yards per game. That's total off. Total, That's total Yeah, total offense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Total offense of their yeah. opponents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll preview the Athens game when we preview the Athens game, but... Wow. I don't know, looking at... You know how I feel about Vandy versus Mizzou. You do. Yes. Could, I, would you like to just recap your position here? My position all season has been that I can reasonably see Missouri losing to Vanderbilt's <laughs> world mm. where it happens again. Yeah. Because, because okay, this is exactly what happened two seasons ago. Wilson and I were on the beat for the Maneater. We went into Nashville. We were like, okay, Missouri's probably going to win this game. We can probably, like, we'll be done with the gamer by, like, halftime. Like, it's going to be a blowout, whatever. Guess who won that game? It was Vanderbilt. I think you were writing the, did you write the gamer or did you, I? You wrote the gamer. Mm-hmm. I wrote a sidebar about penalties. Yeah, I was probably very incredibly distraught while writing that gamer because. And that year we had, like. <sighs> Like, the expectation was for Missouri to win handily, and that was a very reasonable expectation yeah, going into the game. Missouri had won its first four, five games of the season. They were, like, 5-0. and oh. They they were ranked at the time, And yeah. then the back half of the season just fell off, and then Barry Odom was fired, and, like, shiitake mushrooms hit the fan. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. I, I don't know. I know you guys have not felt the same as me in the past about this game. How are you feeling now, knowing where we are looking at this team? I think these are two really bad teams, and I'm interested to see what happens. I'm, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I don't want to give my final score prediction too early, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, it, well, I, I mean, we're not going to see 
for the first time in a couple weeks, Missouri not overmatched in an SEC game because they were against A&M and against Tennessee. But I also I also think it's I don't think you can draw from like that 2019 game just like both head coaches are different from two years ago. A bunch of players are different, different quarterbacks, different everyone. I don't know. College football's weird. Since you don't want to give your score prediction yet, I'll ask you this. Do you think that for these two teams, the offenses are better? Or, this is going to sound silly asking about Mizzou, but are the, or are the defenses better? Like, is it going to be a low-scoring game because both defenses hold the other offense? Or do you think the offenses are going to be able to outplay the opposing defenses? It's going to be offensive. Okay, these so you are think two... it's going to be high-scoring and close? These are two atrocious defenses. Um, yeah. In just terms of total yards, they are last and second to last among Power 5 teams. The only team worse than either of them, or not net yards, excuse me, points per game. The only Power 5 team that has allowed more points per game than these two teams is Kansas. Mm. Uh, in terms of FBS, Missouri is, or Vanderbilt is 120, Missouri is 123. <laughs> these defenses uh. are not good. Offense, it remains to be seen. I think Missouri has a solid offense, which is more than you can say about Vanderbilt, which is why I think Missouri wins this game, but I think, I think whoever wins puts up some points. Well. I, I really think this is a blowout. I think this is a this is a coming-of-age game. See, I'm curious because you said something yesterday that intrigued me in that you're you're wondering if Basilak is going to show up on the injury report. Was that like kind of an out there claim, or was that like a you actually think that's going to happen? Uh, that was just I, I don't I'm not going to say I actually think that's okay. going to happen. Especially yesterday after Drinkwitz's press conference, he always makes it pretty clear Connor's the guy, he's the quarterback. But just a couple factors that we've seen him play, and we know he's pretty clearly banged up, and just that Drinkwitz hinted that there are going to be guys on the injury report. I don't think we see Basilak there. Because I think he's going to play, and I think even if he were injured, they just wouldn't put him on the injury report. But yeah, it's it's something to look for. I think, uh, no, that wasn't Vandy against uh, Kentucky two years ago was when Kelly Bryant got hurt. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I think Basilak plays. Okay, and... I just wanted to clear that up with you. Do you want to expand, Callum, on why you think it's going to be a blowout? You just think... Your coming-of-age theory, I guess? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing about this Vandy team that suggests that they can hang with Missouri. And there's nothing about Missouri that suggests they can hang with anyone else, but I think we're forgetting that this is Vandy here. They're averaging like 300 yards of offense a game. They are real bad. This is despite Clark Lee's claims that they are going to be the best team in the nation. Okay. They are they, they are woefully short. I guess I, I'm not big on the transitive property game, but, you know, Vanderbilt barely beat UConn. And you got to figure, much like, you know, Central Michigan or North Texas, Missouri would blow out UConn if they played them. But they also only lost by one point at South Carolina. That's and true. how much South, how much better is South, how much better or worse is South Carolina than Missouri? South Carolina are also real bad. Real bad. I feel like I would say like Missouri and South Carolina are in the same realm of badness right now and like I'm, I'm like Vanderbilt sure. has had some close games granted they were also shut out by Florida and Georgia but Missouri is probably going to get shut out by Georgia so or maybe only have 
one chance touchdown at the end of the game. Again, we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> Vanderbilt has had some close games. They won at Colorado State, which obviously, like, again, this is not, these are not SEC games, but they've had close, close games. They're 23 to 41 in Stanford, which isn't, or in Nashville against Stanford, which isn't like super close, but it's not like a blowout either. They put up points. I'm pretty sure, didn't they have a woeful offensive performance? South, South Carolina, I'm talking about against uh, Texas oh, A&M. I'm trying oh, to click on it, but South Carolina's website is doing that thing where it jumps a lot and you end up clicking on the wrong thing. Sort that out, Gamecocks. <laughs> they had, oh no, yeah, they had 185 yards total offense against Texas A&M. That's quite bad. Well, how many good. did Missouri have? It's got to be more than 100. I, I would be willing to... Yeah, it's definitely more than well, yeah. I would agree with that. Okay, here, and I'm going to use my hands to reference to you, though I know no one can hear this. I think you probably have Missouri here, mm-hmm. South Carolina here. So she has one hand above the other. Yeah, South Carolina, South Carolina is below. Yeah. yeah, South Carolina is below, probably yeah. like yeah. two inches. And then you got like Vandy maybe like half a foot down yeah. from Missouri in in reference to my hands. But I think the history of Vanderbilt having beat this team before and the matchups between them being weird, I think that has meaning here. The curse. The curse. The curse. The curse in Nashville. I think the cannon that goes off, or not the cannon, the, the ship horn, horn that goes off in that stadium scares Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> it scared me last time we were there. They run like dogs hearing an ambulance siren. <laughs> it's like right below the press box. It just like shakes it every single time it goes off. That's that's why you go to Vandy. That's why you pay five dollars for tickets. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like I, even looking at these stats, like their season stats and stuff. Like, I think, like they're rushing. They've Vanderbilt has nine hundred sixty-two total yards of rushing. What's that per game? Uh, average per game is 100. It's right around 100. Okay. Um, They've given up 1,502, so that's only like 500 more yards. But they've been shut out by Florida and Georgia. So, like, you'd think that number would be way higher, wouldn't you? Like, like a lot of their stat categories, like, they're low numerical-wise. Duh. Because mm-hmm. they're stats, they're numbers. But I think comparatively to what they're allowing and how many points they've given up, like, it's it's odd looking at it to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, there is one thing I want to talk about, about okay. Andy. Um, so Clark Lee said yesterday that uh, Ken Seals is probably going to be out. I'm kind of paraphrasing there. He's day-to-day, and he's, he can't... Um, He's not going to start in front of Michael White until he can prove that he's 100% fit, is what Clark Lee said. Um, now, this is this is not the first time. This is not the second time. I don't even think it's the third time that Missouri have had a little bit of quarterback uncertainty going mm-hmm. into a game. Do you think that makes it a little more difficult to prepare? Yeah. I mean, especially when the defense has been struggling and you don't... Because, like, I think... Less film. Less, yeah. You know, just less, like being able to see what what they're going to do do you think i mean i'm not trying to make excuses for them but yeah i mean that's do you think they would have fared better if they were like just all starting quarterbacks i remember something really interesting i think both drinkwitz and steve wilkes said this going into uh tennessee mm-hmm. that hendon hooker and joe milton 
play very similar games. They the scheme is the same regardless of who's there. So there's it wasn't as hard to prepare for the two of them as okay. your typical like two quarterback set because they play similar games. I don't know how that applies to Wright and Seals. I don't think either yeah. of them are particularly good quarterbacks. You know, they play for Vandy. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. And, yeah, it's, I've seen a lot of... Because you, you've got to think that they're kind of... I mean, they'll, they'll be preparing for these games for most of the off-season, I would think. Like, watching, like, I mean, not... not in depth, but like just watching like styles and how they, they can like you know I mean I would imagine that's what head coaches are doing uh, if they're mm-hmm. um, and then you'd suddenly just a couple of weeks before it, you're thrown in a little bit of whack like I don't know seems difficult that seems hard to to deal with on the fly. I would say too, kind of in the vein of what Wilson was saying, like yeah, it'll it definitely does affect it because like how good a quarterback is depend like impacts whether they're running the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. So when you have these guys that don't play as much time, of course a team, besides the fact that Missouri has been bad at rushing defense, is going to run the ball more because quarterback who hasn't been in a SEC game before is likely not going to like want to pass the ball a ton or have their coach call plays where they pass the ball a ton. So Are teams faking injuries so that they can run the ball against Missouri? This is my conspiracy. <laughs> Someone in my Twitter mentions like no. said that um, no. when <laughs> Boston, before Boston College, and I tweeted that um, Phil Yurkovich was out, and someone responded to me, that's worse because now they're just going to run the ball every time. And guess what? That person was kind of right. Yeah, I, I can't, We're going to meet on Tuesdays at midday to discuss this conspiracy, whoever you are. Just we're just gonna have a meeting. Yeah, this is it's my. It's gonna hill. be a secretive meeting. Yeah. Callum's gonna like post a, a room number yeah. at a time, and you're just gonna show up and have no idea what's going on. Exactly. We're I gonna, like that. We're gonna discuss the just the flailing of quarterbacks on Missouri's schedule and whether or not this is intentional. <laughs> okay, score predictions. Mm, oh, I, I don't. Know. I'm gonna stick with my my blowout philosophy here. Okay. I'm gonna say Missouri. 42, Vanderbilt, 6. The day before Halloween, Callum predicts Missouri goes as a good football team. (laughs) (laughs) The scariest costume of all. (laughs) You got there first. (laughs) My score prediction. I'm going 42, 35. Oh, we've both... Whoa! Vanderbilt. (gasps) No. Mark it. <laughs> no. You think you think Vanderbilt is going to score forty two points in a I, football game? Witchcraft, witchcraft. history. <laughs> it's all coming it's, out in this it's, game. It's Clark Lee. <laughs> it's Clark Lee. It's, Cl- <laughs> it's a cult. Wilson. I will say, Missouri thirty four, Vanderbilt twenty. I think these are two very not good teams, but Missouri is a little less bad and wins. Logan and Cameron? Yeah, I don't know how many points Vanderbilt is capable of scoring in a game, so I think it has to be pretty low. I'm more on the side of Callum in this one. I think it's going to be a blowout, but not as big a blowout. I think I'm going to go 38-17 Missouri. Mm. A backwards Fetty Wap. (laughs) (laughs) A backwards Fetty Wap. That's a good good analogy right there, Emily. Yeah, I like that one. Wilson, I'm uh, I'm pretty much on your page in this one. I think 
it's going to be a mix between them tragically losing in 2019 and then blowing them out in 2020. So it's going to be somewhere in the middle. I'm going to say Missouri 38, Vanderbilt 21. Oh. He's, he's going just a little bit off yeah, from you. Like that's fair. Wilson. That's fair. Great minds. Wow. How, when witchcraft happens on Saturday I, afternoon, I need to, what are you going to be like when Vandy win? Will you ever let it, let anyone? I was going to say like, no. insufferable in the yeah. seven hours <laughs> I was ride home. Say, I was going to say you will hear about it for the rest of that night at least, probably night. the next day. <laughs> the car ride home. Yeah, back to the back to the Airbnb. Okay, cool. We'll read them off again after we play. Mm-hmm. Factor cap. Oh yes, let's. Operate on the assumption that it is three and three right now. Okay. Oh, no, I would... Yeah, 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 that's good. We're tied. Yeah. First question. Yeah. <laughs> we'll start start at the beginning. Vanderbilt University was founded using an endowment from Cornelius Vanderbilt, a titan of industry who made his fortune in oil. Cap. Cap. That is cap. Well yeah. done, you guys. Is it because it was the? It wasn't oil. It was the train industry. Yep, it was railroads. Let's go. John D. Rockefeller was in oil. Yep. Andrew Carnegie was in steel. That's been at the uh, Vanderbilt Mansion in Asheville. Mm. And they, you learn all about that. Thanks, <laughs> Asheville. Uh, next question is about Clark Lee, of course. Oh God. Vanderbilt coach Clark Lee began his college athletics career at Birmingham Southern College where he played baseball. Whoa. Mm, I'm going to say fact. I could see him I playing was, baseball. I was leaning that way as well. And like, I feel like this is a, like a real like good Wilson question because it's two of his favorite things. Mm-hmm. Baseball and Clark Lee. <laughs> I don't think he would lie about either of those things. Yeah. On that, that premise, I'm going fact. That is fact. You guys are both right. He Let's pl- go. He played baseball at Birmingham Southern. He played baseball at Belmont. And then his final school was Vandy, where he was a fullback. Yep. Wow. But he still has that helmet. We've he does, it, yeah. yeah. We have seen we, the, helmet seen the helmet in person. <laughs> Question number three. Vanderbilt's mascot is named Mr. Commodore, or oh. Mr. C for short. Mr. C? Does he have a mohawk? Cap. I, I really want it to I really want it to be true because I don't know. There's something funny about it. Let's go fact. I'm gonna. We're we're differing here for the first time. I'm going fact. That is true. Oh yes. That sounds it, so stupid. It, it, yeah, it, it is really stupid. It sounded really fake, so I yeah. put it in. Uh, Mr. Disgusting. C. Mr. C. That's good. Well, it's not good, but it's good for me. Question number four. Huge. Going back to the history, Vanderbilt joined the SEC in 1932. It was independent for over 40 years before that. Cap. Fact. It is cap. Did they join later? Uh, no, it? It, it did join in 1932. Oh, okay. It was not independent. It was in the Southern Conference. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Collins will win this week because yeah. he is. It's 42 oh. right now, right? Oh, let's go. Unfortunately, we'll have a blowout. This um, Missouri Vandy week. It could be four to three in a second here if I win the last could question. Be. Could be. I thought a blowout. Okay. I had two questions prepared. One for the last question. One for the tiebreaker. We're gonna go with the weirder one now okay. that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, This is about the city of Nashville. A cholera epidemic struck Nashville from 1848 to 1850 and killed President James K. Polk. Are you leaning one way? Because I really don't know which way I'm going to go. I'm leaning cap. Okay, I'll go fact then. Okay. 
That is a fact. Oh, okay. four okay. three. Uh, loyal listeners of this podcast and Factor Cap enthusiasts will note that that is the <laughs> second question this year that has involved James K. Polk. Oh. That is why I included it. Interesting. Okay, so to recap everyone's score predictions, just to make sure everyone can hold us accountable, I'll probably tweet them out during the game as well. I predicted that it would be 42-35 to 35 Vanderbilt. Callum predicted 42-6 to 6 Missouri. Wilson predicted 34 to 20 Missouri. Logan hit the reverse Fetty Wap, the backwards <laughs> Fetty Wap, 38 17 Missouri. And Cameron predicted 38 to 21 Missouri. Everyone is laughing at me in the studio. Does anyone want to preview? Well, we don't really have a Tiger kickoff edition no. this week. Just look for stories in print on Friday in the yeah. Columbia Missourian. And online, there will be an impossible quiz oh, yeah. if you want to keep up with the quiz action and the, t- the Tiger Kickoff stuff. Yeah. Anyway, this has been you do what you want episode do. seven of the Tiger Kickoff podcast. We are your Columbia, Missourian MU football beat writers. I'm Emily Liker. I'm Cal McAndrew. And I'm Wilson Moore. And we will see you, talk to you, whatever, next week. Happy Halloween. <laughs>